When you talk about a class act in what's traditionally said to be a male field, oh, then this particular individual has proven time and time again that she is indeed a rare breed. And having become such an important part of the setup of KZN Cricket over the past what, two decades now, bowling her way to greener pastures following her appointment as the first full-time women's under-19s as well as Cricket South Africa's Women's National Academy head coach yesterday. My goodness, an exceptionally talented Proteus player during her days, proving to be a coaching talent of greater proportions right now. Dineshna Devnarain joins me on the line Dinesha, thank you so much for your time on MSW. Firstly, congratulations. Hi, Robert. Thank you so much. That is a fantastic introduction. Thank you so much for that. Uh, what an opportunity, eh? What a time for uh, women's cricket. <laughs> I mean, well-deserving. I was actually just even following when um, we, we put something up on social media and, you know, the great Kaz Naidu responded and said, hard work pays off. I couldn't disagree with her. Hard work has paid off, and I'm glad it's about recognition now. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly that. Um, you know, just speaking to you now, Robert, uh, I have goosebumps, <laughs> and it is quite chilly here in Durban, and it's not because of that. Um, it's been 20 years, at, obviously, at KZN Cricket as a player, as a coach. It's been a massive journey, um, you know, to be recognized for such a high esteem, high profile job. It's it's something that obviously every individual as a coach obviously you want to work towards but it's so rewarding when you know you've put in the yard the, the long the long hours in the yard in and my goodness I am really blessed and privileged to have this opportunity presented to me. I mean, let's get this out the way because everybody hops on it, uh, Dinesha, when uh, they talk about first black woman to get the role. Uh, it is what it is because it's it's about history making. It's about making those strides. And you and I know how those roles were blocked off from people that were deserving, but because of the Akala, they were not able to ascend to the throne, so to speak. How does that make you feel, though? Because you have set the mark. You have set the trend. Gosh, it's exactly that. <laughs> it's exactly that. You're making history here. Um, you know, but a big thanks for all our comrades that fought for us, you know, um, if it wasn't for them, this would definitely wouldn't have been possible. I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. It is such an honor, and it is exactly that. It's history in the making, and it, it, it's more than just, you know, just putting someone out there for the job. It's because we're here, and we're here to make a mark, and we're here to, you know, we're here to produce protests. We're here to leave our mark, leave our legacy, and, you know, we want to leave it in a better place. You know, um, this is a beautiful country, and... You know, if I can make history like that, it's something that I'll, you know, um, God forbid, but if something had to happen tomorrow, I would I would be very pleased knowing that, you know, you know I've achieved this end. It's a massive opportunity. Give me a, give me a, um, <laughs> a human reaction, because at the end of the day, we might psych ourselves up to have a conversation in an interview on television or an interview like we're having right now on radio, but I always want to refer back to that human element of how you felt when the call came through. I don't know in what form or format it was in. Was it an email? Was it a call? But when you got the news, how did you react? 
I think luckily, like, I was on lockdown. Otherwise, I've been parading the whole of Durban. <laughs> I would have been at the beach. I would have been at the reunion. I would have seen all my girls. I would have told them the news. I just I just sat there for, like, five five minutes, and I was like, what just happened? Hmm. I, I don't even understand. And then I went to tell my mom and my family, and they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, exactly what? <laughs> It was crazy. It was it was that moment, that first five minutes away. You just like you need to like take this in. And now like after these interviews and, and social media posts, it's just been crazy. It's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, because I mean uh, th- this is the the tipping point though, uh, Dinesha, when you talk about how significant the role that was played by, as you say, the comrades before, whether it was uh, people that were politically paving the way, the many different struggles that we have seen. Uh, we're seeing now a transformed SA rugby team that went to win the World Cup. It wasn't because people were sitting on the beach and having fun. There had to be people that were on the ground that were laying the foundation, fighting the good fight. But now, for you, what would you say is your immediate want to do short-term goal? Oh, I want to create good people. Eh? I think, you know what, I want to create right now, like if you give me a short-term goal, say yeah. three months, I want to educate people. You know, I want to I want to show them that, you know, there's more, there's more to life than just the material things. You know, I want to create good people, uh, good leaders. Uh, and to the women, she gives on the leading front, it's poor. It's poor because mm. everyone's so scared to say what they want to say from the heart. And I want to create that environment. Where if you want to say something, let it be a free environment to do that. If you want to practice in a different way, okay, let's do that. Let's find a way that's going to work for you. I think that's my main thing. You know, I want to want to empower these women. I want them to want to, I want them to go beyond, beyond their goals. I think that's that's the main thing for me first. Um, you know when I. Ever, like, a lot of questions we ask, like, you know, what's my goal? Like, the World Cup's coming up. You know, what's sure. your plans and stuff? But my thing is, like, you're taking out these girls, the youngsters, you know, whether they come from development areas or um, high upper class areas or whatever you want to call it. But I want to I want to take them out of that environment and make them high-profile athletes. You know, I want to make them professional. Uh, you know when they go back to their provinces, because I, I, unfortunately I don't I don't see them all the time. But when they go back to the provinces, like all those little youngsters, they, they must be like, whoa, that's someone I want to, you know, aspire to be like. That's what I want to create. And 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I, I seldom use conversations like this when an appointment is still fresh uh, to try and get you to confirm or commit to a World Cup uh, goal. You know, you need to settle into the position first, see what the structures look like, see who's available, see what what the bigger goal is. I mean, it's almost like when journalists uh, uh, go and hound an an international artist who's just arrived at Oartambo International and they ask them, so how's it been like to be in South Africa? And the person's like, I've just walked off the airplane. I have no idea. You know, so I'm not (laughs) going to put that pressure on you because it is unnecessary. We, we, We look at the basic approach of young person, 31 years old, you know, some might have said, hey, why did you even give up so early? Was it about the bigger mm-hmm. goal? What what was it? Just to clear that, because we, we did get a lot of questions of people trying to uh, find out why it was that you, I don't I want to say give up, but why it ended so mm-hmm. early. 
it's been a crazy tricky career for me. Um, I've, I've, I've witnessed a lot of, I've had loss uh, in 2013, in 2010, my dad and my sister in 2013, while I was playing international cricket. And, you know, at, at the, in 2013, I actually gave up. I gave up because I, I felt like cricket was taking me away from that. Um, 2015, I got back into it. I had an amazing provincial uh, season. I got back into it. I was a contracted player. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, I got my level 330 in 2015 as well. So a lot of things are happening to me, a lot of positive things after all the, you know, the dark places that I've been in. And so I've decided I've given it another season. But you know what I've realized, um, Robert, is that when I'm at a practice or when I'm on the field, I just wanted to help. You know, I wanted to help the individual. Maybe they were struggling with something. And at that position, at that time, my position, I couldn't have done that because I wasn't in a leadership role to... I would give my input, but I couldn't like actually sit down with a player one on one and say, you know, this is what I think. Mm-hmm. But what I did, I was I was tied to a lot of girls in the team, most of them, and I started realizing that I love I love the game and I love playing it. I still played for KZN this, this last season. I just went past now, right. and um, and I still fin- finished second on the batting stats. So in terms of performances, it was still up there. But I can't explain to you the greatest feeling that I had when. You help someone out, and they they felt grateful for it. You know, whether it was a one percent increase or ten percent increase, it didn't matter to me, and neither did it matter to the player. And every time that I just went and coached back there at KZN, and I couldn't get a better feeling than that, and nothing topped that up. I am so grateful for my playing days. I represented my country, and I'm extremely grateful for that. But now to be in a position where you can change lives, I think that that for me got me, and. Um, it's still, a, it's still an answer. I can't give you directly. I don't know why yeah. I did it, but I'm so happy right now. What, what did you find to be the biggest frustrations? Maybe use your personal journey as an example. Um, were there no ears to hear when there were complaints and maybe things that were not going right for you? What would you say, very short, even if it's just two or three bullet points, what, what are the major frustrations for you as a player that you wanted some voice, I mean, some ear somewhere to hear your voice when you were trying to reach out and crying out? I think the main thing for me, and that's why I choose to be this as a coach, is definitely compassion. I think that lacks a lot. And also just um, one-on-one intervention. It doesn't have to be cricket-related. My goodness, it does It just has to be a human skill to say, Hey, you know what's up? Let's not even talk about cricket. Let's just how are you doing? How are you the person? Let's just let's talk let's forget about the performances, let's forget about the results. You are the person, you tell me how you do it. And I think that's the main thing for me. And um Robert, you know, that's I think one of my success in a coach was that there is that if I can give that back. I cannot coach a player if I don't know the player. I can't ask them to win the tournament if I don't know what makes them kick. If what, you know, I don't understand if they had a meal and they come into practice. Mm. So I needed to know all of that there. Um, and I think, I think as coaches, if we can do that, just a, even if it's 5% better, mm. um, I think, I th- I think it would make a massive difference. And there's always a turnaround, though, when you look at, I mean, I always look at how 
the women's football game has evolved. I think from the, the time it was hosted in the United States of America, Bill Clinton was there and he um, surprisingly looked at football as something different, something that America could thrive on. And they have, mm-hmm. and they've become one of the powerhouses within football. I look mm-hmm. at how the Serena Williamses of this world have fought for the women in tennis to almost have that equal pay as the men, um, relatively so, because they did not understand that if you can fill up a, a, a Wimbledon arena, you can fill up Rod Laver, you can fill up anywhere around the world, uh, but then there's this disparity when it comes to pay. Sure, it might be different in cricket, but I just want your personal opinion of, of what you think of the level of women's cricket. Will it ever get to the level of the men's game? Uh, whether you're looking at it commercially, uh, will it be ever commercially viable given the status of this? I mean, if you look at this year's World Cup, for example, uh, India, Australia at the, at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, they broke yeah. a world record attendance, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for a women's yeah. sports match. The highest attendance for women's sport Globally, I mean, there was what eighty-six thousand people that were there. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, I would love. There's nothing more I would love to throw one of our stadiums in South Africa for a women's for a women's match. Mm. I I believe in the whole process. Um, you know what the men get paid, the women should as well. You know, I see these girls. Uh, I see the sacrifices they have to make. Um, it's not these girls have to work harder. They have to work harder to get a sponsor. Someone to just sponsor them tackies. It's it's sad because obviously if you look at men's cricket, female cricket, there's definitely a power game there. And unfortunately with cricket, everyone just loves sixes and four. I mean that's why T twenty cricket, I just shot through the, the map. I mean now there's T ten mm. and people are going over the moon for that. Sure. I just think I just think, you know, I mean you, you mentioned the powerhouses that you spoke about and it's it's got to, it's got to start somewhere. It's, mm-hmm. It has to start somewhere. What I would love for us and for us as a nation is if we can just get. I mean, we've been we've been really close, edgingly close to finals, and we just never we just didn't have that extra two percent or three percent. But if we can get to a final, even if we win a World Cup, I do think it will change a lot of people's perspectives, and I also think a lot of people don't take interest in South Africa with women's cricket. Um, but you know, I'm 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 a proper feminist when it comes to stuff like this. Here, um, we have to I know we that. have to be close. That. <laughs> that's <laughs> what, that's why I was that's why I was baiting that question to you, uh, Dinesha, because I know there's a there's a deep feminist within you who fights for these things, and when you say that the attention span is not there uh, for the women's game, then I get worried, and I'm saying, but why? Um, I mean, I'm a KZN Durban person. Uh, I mean, that's your your neck of the woods. Why do you think then there's that disparity when it comes to the attention span of people that want to go to Kingsmead and watch the cricket when the men are playing versus when they want to watch the women playing? Gosh, I can I can spend hours with you on the phone talking about this. Yeah, but you know, let's it's, break it's it down because we wanna we wanna break down those walls. We wanna bring the awareness to people. I mean, look at somebody like you who's just made history. Yeah, it's, you know, it's initiative for me. It, 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 that's all it is. I mean, I'm talking about grassroots levels from the bottom. I mean, if you if you look at our KFC program, we have probably 50% girls, 50% boys. So why aren't we getting the same level of participation while we go higher? Because the pool of girls is so much smaller. So why? 
So if we got the, the absolute grass level, right, if we got that right, then we're losing something now in the primary school structures. And that's something I'm struggling to understand because I do know CSA has, um, we have a scorecard where we get, where we get valued on, and, you know, a part of that is a school league. But it's an initiative for me, and, and I'm not just saying CSA, I'm talking as a nation, it's an initiative. It's that educator that's in the room, take six girls, let's start something. Let's create this hype. Let's do, we have to do something. And it's a collective effort. For me, it's this, we just got to invest in this. And it, it can't be, we've tried it for six months, and sorry, let's just go back to our thing. No, it is a process. I mean, we are, we are a very, very diverse nation. Uh, we're also stubborn in our ways. <laughs> we're very competitive. But somewhere along the line, we that primary school level. And then the second thing is that girls play a lot of sport in primary school level. And then once they transition into high school, this is also another big drop in numbers. Most girls, I don't know, they just lose interest. I don't know why. They lose interest in playing sport. Or most of them just play sport to get the colors for your province, so they get bursaries and stuff. And then, the, and then your pool of players drop even more once they go to varsity. Because most of the varsities I know don't have girl cricket teams. So how are you going to have someone that maybe still wants to play, but it's nothing there? <laughs> so then you're left with, I don't know, club cricket, and that's people that genuinely just want to go out there and, you know, have fun. They're not taking it from a competitive level. I always say we miss the mark somehow because even from a... Um... You know, even from a, a government perspective, I know they have a lot on their plate, but yeah. the unfortunate thing is that they are what they are. They're the government. Yeah. And I, I always say that not everybody is an entrepreneur. Not everybody mm-hmm. is going to be making BE deals and having tenders and having all these wonderful things that make people have lots of money. I think yeah. we missed the mark somehow where sport especially us in third world countries. Look at what it's done to the South Americas of this world, where it's taken people from the slums and made them <laughs> the multimillionaires, you know. You look at oh, the football stars that have come from the Brazils, etc. You know, they, they were literally bottom of the food chain, but they were able to yeah. rise. Why? Because of the interest and the support that they got along the way. Uh, because the, the minute you start to almost like glorify something, make it look good, make it um, attainable to people, make it something that people want to achieve, uh, Dinesha, then they want to be a part of it. Then the girls, the ladies, everybody that's part of it is going to be like, I want to be a Proteas, a national team player. Uh, I want to represent South Africa. Uh, in, in, you know, I want to be part of the under-19s. I want to be part of a system. But if we don't dangle that carrot... I think we're wasting our time. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> it's exactly that. Uh, and everyone wants to be a part of something that everyone backs. Everyone. Mm. I mean, you look at social media, I mean, uh, someone can come up with a silly app and it's, it's the next best thing. Yeah. But it, it goes back to that initiative for me. You know, somewhere along the line, we, we're missing something. We, we want to be a World Cup winning nation, but what's happening down there? What are we doing down there to produce that? I mean, the girls' structures are nowhere close to what the guys' structures are. Yeah. But yet our our ladies got to two semifinals and 
the, the two semi-finals were really, really close to a final. And somewhere, somewhere we're missing the mark. But I always say, if you're in a position, which I am in now, and if you have the right and the empowerment to do a change, a positive change, do it. Because if you're not, you're not doing yourself a disservice, but every single youngster that you're going to come across, you'll be in a disservice. Chatting to Dinesha Debnarain, who has ascended to the position. She's the women's under-19s and cricket South Africa's CSA Women's National Academy head coach. And when you talk about that level of transformation and when you start to look at the other provincial coaches, you know, one will be akin to ask, how do you pick the academies? How does it all work? If you had to explain just to a layman that's listening to the show right now. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at your academy intake, so we obviously have a, a women provincial league, and then you look at your standout performance, but your national academy, academy is more of your younger age group, so they just got out of high school. Um, they've got a lot of potential, a lot of skill, and you want to produce a protein out of that. Um, in terms of SN19, because it's an inaugural World Cup, it's the first time we've ever we're ever going to have like a proper SN19 setup. Because what you say happened before, the under-19 team plays at a national week. Wherever the venue might be, it might be at a coastal place or inland place. And it's only over five days. So we train with these girls the whole year. And they come to this tournament once a year, and they play seven, seven matches. That's four T20s and three ODIs. And in that week, you select the SN19 team. Now, the reason why we in a little bit of a, a shambles was that ours was held in Melstreet in December, and the whole week rained out. And now we've got an under-19 World Cup looming next year, 2021, in Bangladesh. How do we select those pool of players? <laughs> so what we've done was um, a lot of these girls play in the Women's Provincial League, which runs through this cricket season. So there's, there's two leagues, the A-League and the B-League. The A-League plays 10 games. 10, 10 ODIs and 10 T20s, and then your B-League plays 4 ODIs and 4 T20s. So we looked at our under-19 girls in there, and we obviously pull out our stats, and we try and identify players also based on skills. So you've got to have your specialist batters, your off-spinners, leg-spinners, your pace bowlers, your general all-rounders, mm-hmm. and then we somehow get around maybe 20 girls. And now, um, obviously with the state that's happening in the world and the country with the coronavirus, we, I'm going to have to see these girls at camps, and I'm going to have to screen them, um, do a lot of training and stuff, and then hopefully we can trim that down. Oh. Dinesha, I really would love to chat to you more. I, I'm, I actually can't believe, you know, you're reminding me in my ear that I've... Um, run out of time but i'm like where's the time gone because you know it, it's nice to hear the plan it's nice to hear the excitement the anticipation maybe at times it's you know it's uncharted waters and we can we can expect that uh, but we yeah. as metro vam radio 2000 marawa sports worldwide uh, just want to extend our good luck wishes to you in fact let's uh before we go for the break uh, let's listen into two voice notes that have just popped in and we'll share with the listeners good evening Hi. rob uh, good evening to your guest today congratulations to her 
Uh, I think it's a great achievement for women's cricket in the country. Uh, my question to her is, does, does she think that uh, Cricket South Africa is doing enough to promote women's cricket uh, in, in South Africa? We have seen, you know, you know, the women's proteas uh, reaching the semi-finals of the ICC Women's T20 World Cup. Uh, it's their first time since 2014. Great achievement for that. Um, you know, I heard that there's a national academy. How uh, is that national academy working? How does it work? Uh, so there's a, I'm a tea question to uh, your guest there. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much for that question. I think the second one she answered uh, just before we took the voice note. Um, I've only got all of 30 seconds, though. But do you think CSA are doing enough for women's uh, cricket? I'm, I'm we're always going to need to do more. <laughs> yeah. Never, like nothing is never enough for these ladies, nothing. But I, I, I do believe that they're doing the best they can now. Um, I don't have the luxury of knowing all that happens up there, but uh, I do hope whatever's been done now is the best, but I will always keep pushing boundaries for them to do better. Dinesh, I want to thank you so much, man. I, I really am moved. I really hope that with everybody's support, us included, you can make a major difference because we all want to see women's cricket take and claim a spot of its own in in all its glory. And I I do believe that in in your hands, it definitely can. So congratulations once again, and thank you so much for joining us on MSW. Thank you, Robbie. Highly appreciated. Dinesha uh, Devnarain, uh, who is the women's under-19s and also Cricket South Africa Women's National Academy head coach. Wow. Oh, we wish her the best of luck, man. Not an easy assignment, but I think it's in the right hands. The enthusiasm, the foresight, the intelligence, the history, everything. It's right there. 0605842250. That's the number for your WhatsApp voice notes. Plenty to still come right here on MSW.